been a tough last year. What can I say? We went, we've been through a lot, haven't we? Uh, people are still going through things. You're facing a lot of obstacles. You're facing a lot of hardships. And yet, God is the God of the new. He's the God of renewal. He's the God of new beginnings. And He's the God of springtime. That's why I love springtime. You know, in fall, just think the word fall. That means you fall. <laughs> so, winter is just like cold and, you know, all that and harsh. And summer is like blistering hot. But springtime. How about this rain this week? Oh, man. Couldn't come at a better time to green things up. And, you know, you thought things were dead in your yard. And all of a sudden, you're seeing green leaves start springing up. And you're going, what? Maybe they're not dead yet. And you start speaking life over your plants, right? If you're like me, we had, a, we had a greenhouse full of plants, and most of them died because of the weather. It got so bitterly cold, and yet we're, we're, we, we love springtime. We are out buying new plants, buying gera- geraniums are good, you know, easy to keep. Uh, how many of you have, uh, have bought some flowers, new flowers this spring? Okay, how many of you have planted a garden or, or started planting a garden? See, people, there's something about springtime. You want to get out and do something. How many of you have started cleaning out your house, your spring cleaning? Oh, bless your hearts. How many of you are going to have a garage sale? Get rid of all that overflow, all that junk. Okay, just let us know so we can come get your junk and make it our junk. And then we'll give you some of our junk and you can make it your junk. One man's trash is another man's treasure, right? But springtime kind of brings all those thoughts, those feelings out of newness. Uh, when, you see the, when you see the grass start to grow. And yesterday, my wife said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to get out and pull some weeds because, man, it's perfect weather for pulling weeds. The ground is soaked. You know, you see some weeds. I've already poisoned them, but they just not, they're not dying. You know, if you could come up with a way to grow grass like you grow weeds, <laughs> as hardy as, as weeds, I mean, it's, you can make a lot of money. It's a weed grass, you know, and it looks really good, and, and you don't, you know, just, just won't, won't, you can't kill it for nothing. But we, the springtime brings about, oh, you know, I said I love baseball, I let it go out and smell the grass, and now you go out and smell the astroturf, and yeah, it's not the same, is it? It's not the same, but I love springtime. I love color. I love refreshment. I, re- I love renewal. Even the ideas of all these things that we're talking about that were in that video were, were about, it's who God is. He's about bringing renewal. You know, every time we baptize, we, we base the scriptures from Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Say newness of life. See, the war, he, he says he wants us to walk in newness of life. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you have a certain kind of walk, a physical walk. It's your lifestyle. It's your progression. It's what you're going toward. That's what he's talking about when he talks about your walk. He wants us to walk, have a lifestyle of a newness of life. So why is it so many Christians lose that newness? You know, they lose that new car smell, so to speak. How many of you like the new car smell? Some of you will buy it in a bottle. Just get your old car out and clean it and spray that new car smell in there. Man, it smells like a new car for about two seconds, right? You know, man, it's old car smell again. It's old car smell. Get those French fries out from under the, under the cushion. It's got French fry car smell, you know? Some of you like that too, yeah? Man, baby, just smell those fries. But, but 
God wants us to live in and continually in this newness of life. It wasn't supposed to, it wasn't meant, I'm going to walk in newness of life until crud happens, or until stuff happens, or until family gets in the way, or until sins comes back, or the old man tries to creep back in my life. He didn't mean for us to walk in newness in life until we run into obstacles. He wants us to continue to walk in the newness of life. Amen? Amen. So this morning, I'm going to give you some helps on how to walk in the newness of life. Because that's how God created us to be. He's always reminding us in his scriptures about renewing. You type renewing or renewness or renewal in scriptures and do a word search. It's over and over and over again. God made all things new. So uh, the scripture I want to start with this morning is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, say in Christ. Now, see, that, that's the key. You can't just be about Christ or knowing Christ from a distance. It's got to be, you've got to be in Christ. He said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Say new creation. New creation. So if you're, if you're in Christ today and Christ is in you, say, I'm a, I'm a new creation. Okay. Then he goes on to say something even more profound. He said, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. Now, I don't even know what that means, except that all things become new. The way we look at things, all the old has passed away and all things have become new. So the first thing you need to know this morning is that renewal begins with Jesus Christ. Renewal begins, it's got to begin with Jesus Christ. Have you ever heard of deferred adjudication? And don't raise your hands if, you, if you've heard it. Oh, yeah, Pastor. I know why I deferred adjudication. That's a good thing if you get through it, right? Well, deferred adjudication, I had to found this out in, in a, a, a bad way. I found out about it. But deferred adjudication is like you've been caught in a crime and you go to the judge and you plead guilty or you tell your attorney to plead guilty for me. And so you plead guilty. And because maybe it's your first time, it's your first crime or something, maybe it's not a big time crime or it's not really, really bad. Whatever the case is, the judge sees fit to say, if you will complete this and this and this, this community service, this probation, these fines, you pay these, fines, whatever you do, after this period of time, whatever that period of time the judge says, he says, after that happens, if you complete all that and you satisfy the court, he said, then your crime will be erased from the books. It will be like you never committed a crime before. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? it? It's expunged from your record. Everybody's, a lot of guys are going, yeah, thank you, Jesus, because it was expunged, <laughs> right? It's expunged from your record. But see, that's what Jesus does for us when, when we come to Christ. See, we, when, we, when we come to him, it's like deferred adjudication. He says, if you will give your life to me, I will expunge, I will wipe away that record of sin in your life. And, and the thing is, you don't have to do the community service. He already did everything for us. Amen. See, he went to the cross for you. He went to the cross for me. So our sins, are, which were many, are washed away. The crimson blood of Jesus makes us white as snow. And so somebody comes to you and says, well, I know about your past. I know who you are. And you say, well, you may know about my past, but you don't know who I am now because I'm in Jesus Christ. I'm in Jesus. And he is in me. And you can't find a record of my wrongs in Jesus' book because he says he cast my sins as far as east is from west. He, he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. He remembers our sins no more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you ought to be getting up and shouting, yeah, thank you, Jesus. He paid the fines. 
He went to jail for you. He went to the cross. And that's why he says, I make you new. You can't make you new. You can't. I, you can try. You can try to be the best person that you could possibly be. You can be the best son. You can be the best daughter. You can be the best employee. You can, be, you can try, 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 try all you want to in your flesh to be good. And the Bible says there's no good among us. No, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. We had to have Jesus step in, and that's why he has the right to say, I have made you new. All the old has been expunged. Your record is clean before me. See, we don't, sometimes we don't even think about that when we wake up in the morning, how free we are and how clean we are because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We ought to be giving him praise and thanksgiving constantly. Constantly. So renewal begins with Christ. Romans 12, 1 through 3. If you ever talk about renewing, you have to go to the scripture. It says this, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable, say reasonable, reasonable. just a reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The second thing is renewal takes place in our minds. Now, it goes from our minds to our hearts, but it starts in your mind. You have, the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, see, if I was writing this, and, and God didn't give me the, the privilege to write the Bible, because that was a long time ago, I wasn't alive. But I would have written second verse first and first verse second. Because here's the way I think. If we're not conformed to the, to the Word of God, if we're not transformed by the renewing of our mind, it's going to be hard for us to offer up our bodies as living sacrifices. You see? And, and I think it, it's cyclical, of course, because one follows the other, follows the other, follows the other. It goes around and round and round. You, you, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. You turn away from the world and you start walking in the mercies of God and then you begin to satisfy God because you want to please Him in everything you do. Everything you do, everybody goes, oh, I don't know what the will of God is. Well, I'll tell you what the will of God is. It's to please Him. Amen. You want the simple answer? It's to please Him. It says it right there. The perfect, it says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, just offer up your lives to Him. Give Him your lives. People say, well, you know, I, I don't know how to give Him my life. Then you start by giving Him everything that you know to give Him, laying it before Him in the altar, and every time your flesh rises up, you start crucifying your flesh. And a lot of people don't like to do that either because they don't, like, they don't even like the word holy to be holy. See, people have, have elevated this word holy to be uh, perfect, and the word holy right, right here means to be set apart. See, we are set apart for the kingdom of God. See, I'm set apart. See, the Bible says we're peculiar people. In other words, we're not supposed to look like the world. But so many people that claim to be Christians, that say, I believe, I'm a believer, I'm a member of such and such church, they don't, they don't look anything like what the scriptures tell us that we're supposed to look like, but they look a whole lot like the world. And so the world is kind of confused when they see Christians. Just saying. Because we're set apart. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to look different. Renewal takes place in our minds. Once you submit your will to God's will, you're going to recognize this, that your body does not belong to you. Your body is not yours. See, Jesus Christ paid a price for you. So he owns you. You think your wife owns you? No, God owns you. You think your boss owns you? No, God owns you. 
He paid the price for you. He said we were bought and paid for with this incredibly beautiful price. We say freedom is free. Well, listen, freedom is not free because it costs Jesus Christ his life. We talk about freedom is free, but listen, our freedom in America is because a lot of people lay down their lives for America. There's always a cost involved. There's always a cost. So he's asking us to submit our will to him, to begin to understand who we are in Christ, to begin to understand that our body is the temple of God, that we house this precious gift of the Holy Spirit within us. And once we start seeing ourselves as somebody that is owned by Jesus Christ and that we're set apart for him, maybe, just maybe, our actions will start to show differently the world how Jesus is supposed to look and how he does look. Ephesians 4, 17 says this, This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk. Say walk. walk. He's big into walking here. As the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Okay, we just talked about transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says the Gentiles are walking in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Now see, you're reading about you before Christ right here. This is you, this is me before Christ, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness. Now lewdness means viciousness. It's a really bad thing. To work all uncleanness with greediness. That is us before Christ. Some of us have different levels. Some of you have gone to more extremes and living that kind of life than others, right? But we are all separated from God by, because of our sin. Amen? That's right. Isn't that true? Sin separates us from God. And so then Paul says this in verse 20, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Listen, there it is again. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The third thing I want you to see this morning, and I'm getting through these fast, is renewal is an action. Say renewal, renewal. is an action. See, we think that we are passive, we can, that we can just be passive believers, but that's not possible, church. You can't just say, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I'm going to go be a hermit, now I'm going to go hide out in the cave. That's not what God planned for us. He told the disciples, after you're saved, after you know Jesus, after you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He said, go and make disciples. Go and baptize them. Go and teach them. Go and command to do everything that I commanded you to do. Go and, and make more disciples. Go and lay your hands on the sick. Go cast out demons. He said, we've got to do be people of action but see if we're walking in this if, if we're renewed in Christ but we want to go back to the old man we can't do those things so we've got to be proactive and active in our renewal process okay he says here's one thing that we have to do we have to put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust to me that's an action to put off. See, we, we get clothed. We get clothed in Christ. But he said there's some things you need to put off. See, some of you have not put off some of the things that God's already told you to put off. We talked about that last week. Some of you got some dead wood in your life. And you're not willing to trim it. You're not willing to let God, let God prune it. You're not willing to be discipled. And so you're not willing to put off the old man. And so you wonder why the old man is always just right there dogging you all the way through your life. 
That's what he's going to do. If you don't put him off, and that means kick him out, get rid of him, don't let him have a foothold in your life anymore, he's going to stay there because you've given him the right to. You've opened the door. So many people want to stay in that in-between place. They want to continue to operate in the things of the world and yet still kind of, you know, I want to keep my foot in the door with the, with the church, with my Christian friends, and I don't really want to put off my old friends, my old companions. And the Bible says we need to get rid of them, put them off, get rid of them. Oh, I'm getting lots of amens there. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's an action. If you're going to walk in renewal, you've got to put, them, put off some things. He said, but you have, look, let's go back to verse 20, Ephesians 4. But you have not so learned Christ. Indeed, you have heard him and you've been taught by him. Then look at verse 23. No, 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in your mind. And then verse 24. And then you put on the new man, which was created according to God in the righteousness, the true righteousness and holiness. So there's an action to put off, take off, get rid of the old man. Right? Y'all with me? And what does that look like to you? I don't know, but you know. You already know what, what, what you need to get rid of, or who you need to separate yourself from. But then he says, but you can't just take off one thing without putting on something else. You've got to put on Christ. You've got to put on the new man. You've got to put on the garment of praise. You've got to clothe yourself in the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the, the belt of truth, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit. And you've got to pray, and you've got to pray, and you've got to pray. He said, these are the things that you put on. He said, put on the armor. So it's not just taking off. It's you've got to replace whatever you take off with something good in Christ. You know, I was, I was thinking about what that looks like in the physical. It's like you just got all cleaned up. Let's say it's Saturday, so you took your bath. <laughs> you got all cleaned up, and then you went out and you sweated and you worked in the yard, and then you got all sweaty and nasty and mud all over you and dirt. And so you went and you went, went, got, went to bed that night and you, you threw your clothes in a pile on the floor. I know none of you guys do that. You threw your, your clothes in a pile on the floor and you just collapse in bed. And then you wake up the next day and you say, hmm, I think I'll put on the old man. And you reach over and you grab the old stinky clothes, the old stinky underwear <laughs> that your wife been wanting you to throw away for years. They're special. They're special. Or that old T-shirt, that, that old T-shirt that nobody would put on their dog. But it's my work shirt. And you start grabbing the old stinky stuff. And you don't take a shower. You just, you just get up and you start dressing. And you put that on and you run a comb through your greasy hair. And See, that to me is a picture of walking around with the old man. That's a picture of the old man. Because see, God wants, he likes, he, we're staying free. He, he wants us to put on those wrinkle-free clothes. He wants us to be washed in the water of the word. He wants us to shower in Him. 
wash in the water of the word and be cleansed. And then we get up and we put on the armor of God. We put on the good clothes and we step into the, the, the purpose and the destiny for that day because we know that we are new creations in Christ Jesus and the old man is not going to run my day. But some of you, you get up and you don't put on the old, you may put on nice clothes, you may look good, but you put on the things of the world. You haven't gotten rid of those things and you're clothing yourselves. You may look good to everybody else, but inside you're dirty because you've allowed the things of the earth, the things of the world to conform you, to shape you instead of the things of God to shape you, instead of letting the word of God transform your mind. So this is what I want to help you this morning. What, make a conscious effort when you wake up in the morning. Is God, are you going to move with God today? Or are you going to walk in your new man? Or are you going to drag the old man from yesterday into your present and let him come along, pull you down and drag you and make you walk weird? Because that's what you do when you walk in the world and you're trying to walk with Jesus. You look weird because you're given a whew, bad picture. It's called hypocrisy, church. We don't like to use that word very much. And I'm, listen, you understand, I'm not talking about everybody's perfect. I'm just saying if you want to walk in the newness of life, there's some things you got to do. You just can't be passive about it. I, I can't even tell you how many people I, I minister to as couples in my office, and they're having problems in their marriage, and it always goes back to somebody's not doing their deal. They're not reading their word. They're not praying. They're not coming to church. They're not associating. Matter of fact, they're doing just the opposite. They're allowing the old things of the past to creep back in. Well, my husband's back doing what he used to do, Pastor. Hmm. That's the old man. The old man is not. He's, the old man's relentless. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? The old man is relentless. He's called the devil. It's called your flesh. Sometimes it's not the devil, it's just your flesh. We want to blame the devil, and it's just your flesh. You haven't crucified it yet. Okay, let's move on. Titus 3. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing, say renewing, renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Here's the thing. Pastor, you just said we have to put off this and put on this. Man, that seems like it works to me. Right? But you preach, Pastor. We're, we're, we walk in grace. We're not, we're not supposed to do works. We're not about works. Listen, if you ever got that, if you got that from me, you didn't get it from me. We are to be about works. He said he created works beforehand for us to do. He's always called us to be people that work, but we don't work with the attitude if we don't do something, God's going to strike us dead or he's going to send us to hell. We work because we love Jesus. We work because we've been saved by so much, from so much. That's why we work. We do the work of the kingdom. That's what Jesus said to do. I, I, he preached the kingdom. He told us to do the greater works. Work, work, work. Have you, have you remember Gilligan's Island? How many old people do we have here? <laughs> Gilligan's Island. You remember Maynard G. Kreb? You remember Maynard G. Kreb? No, this is Dobie Gillis. This is older than Gilligan's Island. He was Dobie Gillis. Now, I, that, you're really old if you remember Do, Dobie Gillis. Do, uh, that was Gilligan, but it was a previous, and he was a beatnik. That was before we knew the word hippie. He was a beatnik. Y'all remember what a beatnik was? He sat around and smoked and quoted poetry. But anytime anybody, if, if, Dobie, if, if uh, Gilligan, Denver, whatever his name was, if he was in the room and the, anybody mentioned the word work, y'all remember what he would do? 
work, 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 work. He's like, no way I'm going to work. I, I'm not, I wasn't born to work. I'm supposed to be a loafer. I'm supposed to just feed off everybody else. So, but God said, no, we're, we are to do good works. But listen, here's, here's the reason the renewal doesn't work if you think you've got to do it, because if you don't, you're going to get in trouble with God. Look at verse 3, uh, what I just read. Renewal takes place as we are humble. Let me read this again, verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done. Y'all see that? But according to what? His mercy. He saved us. Isn't that beautiful? See, when you think you're going to work your way into heaven, you've missed it. The only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ who did the work on the cross for us. And then he regenerates us. He washes us. He pours out his spirit. He renews us. He makes us new creations in Christ Jesus so that we can be people that do good works for the kingdom of God. Amen. <laughs> and that comes from a heart of humility and thankfulness. Yeah, I... I doubt that there's many sermons if I went back and looked at them that humility didn't come up. Man, it's huge in the kingdom, guys. It's so huge in the kingdom that we recognize it's not about me, it's about Him. It's not about what I've accomplished, it's about what God's done through me. If He's done anything through me, that's good. When we get that, when we come to that place with God, you can use me? He said, yeah, I can use you if you're humble. You can use me. Yeah, I can use you if you're thankful. But if you're prideful, I'm sorry, I can't really use you too much. Because then you're going to want to take credit for everything I'm doing. God's called us to be walking in this thing called humility. And that's when we recognize what He has done for us. That His mercy saved us. That He poured out on us. That He allowed His Son to die for us. So renewal takes place as we are humble. Micah 6.8 says, He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. He wants us to walk with Him, guys. There's that word walk again. He wants us to do life with Him. But we walk with Him humbly. Not boastful. Not prideful. Not look at what I've done. Look who I got saved. Do I look who I prayed for that got healed? Listen, if you, that's your attitude, God will humiliate you. He loves you so much, He will take you down a peg. I'm telling you, it's better if you humble yourself than letting God humble you. Because when you humble yourself before Almighty God, guess what? He's the one that raises you up. He lifts you up. And that's all about His glory. It's all about His glory. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those... Who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. There's that word walk again. The fifth thing I want you to see this morning is that renewal comes through waiting. Oh. It's going to wait a little bit. Let that sink in. Oh, good. I get to rest. Didn't say that. Did it say rest? Wait. What does that word waiting mean? Anybody, any, any, anybody here ever wait on the table? Or did, were you just standing there looking at the people at the table? 
Hey, I'm waiting. I'm your waiter. I want to wait. Come tell me if you need something. See, a waiter waits on people. They serve people. So in the midst of your waiting, you serve. In the midst midst of your waiting, you seek. In the midst of your waiting, you pursue Him. You don't just go, oh, well, I'm just going to wait on the Lord and he'll, maybe He'll drop a job in here for me. Maybe He'll send me an email and tell me what to do. Isn't that weird? What, some of the things, that, the ideas that we get about God that if we're, if we're really going to trust Him, we're just going to do nothing. And I never see in the Scripture where He said do nothing. Because even when we were doing nothing, He said to pray. Waiting is not a passive term. Because in the midst of waiting on God and serving Him and seeking Him, look what it says we get to do. We get to soar. We get to soar. We get, we get to run. Wow. We get to walk. We get to go after God in the midst of it. See, if you're, if you're, if you're in a platitude and maybe there's some... You've set into that place where you're not hearing from God and you don't know what to do and you, you feel like, well, I used to be so full of renewal. I was so full of them and vigor. I was always out there for God and all of a sudden I don't feel that anymore. Then you have allowed the enemy to come in and rob you of that newness. And here's some things I'm telling you that you should do to keep the newness, keep it alive. Finally, Psalm 51.10. One of my favorite psalms. You need to go back and read all of it, but you need to read 2 Samuel 11 first in 12. And psalm 51.10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not take, do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Renewal comes through repentance. It always kind of comes back down to that, doesn't it, Sandra? Repentance. See, even transformed by the renewing of your mind, that renewing of your mind is repentance. Because repentance basically means changing the way you think. That's really the, defi- the best definition that I've ever found for repentance. It's not the about face, okay? Uh, it's a military term. And, and the, when I was growing up in the denominational church, it was like when you're walking one way and you're walking with the devil and all of a sudden you get saved and you repent and you turn around and you're walking with Jesus this way. And, and that, that's true in a sense, okay? But let me tell you what I found out. I've, I've found out that some people repent and they start walking the other way, but their mind's still thinking that way. You know? I'll give you, an, for instance, people that have gone through AA, and they, uh, they've, they've been set free from alcohol, and so they walk away from alcohol, they've repented, and they're walking this way, and every moment, every step they take, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to drink, I want to drink. Have they repented? No. They've turned around and walked. They've turned and walked away from something, but they haven't had a change of the way they think. 
That's why I don't agree with, with the one philosophy that AA teaches, and not celebrate recovery, but AA teaches that you always say, I am an alcoholic, whether you've been set free or not. So if you're going to confess that, you will always be an alcoholic. So you haven't had a repentant heart. You haven't had a change of heart. It's important that you understand that because there's power in our words. So when we read this, this passage, it's after David has committed adultery, he has taken a man's wife from him. He has had her husband murdered on the front lines. He had the power to do that. And he had lied and lied and lied and started covering it up. Man, you talk about a man after God's own heart, how God got a hold of him after this happened. But I'm telling you that he had to, he had to come to the place because a prophet came to him and said, told him this story. And he said, well, what would you do with him? Oh, wow, he needs to be killed. He said, well, that man is you. You're the one that's lied. You're the one that's committed adultery. You're the one that's committed murder. And David said he had to repent. And Psalm 51 is his prayer of repentance. Can God use you after you've screwed up? Of course he can. He gives us example after example in the scripture. And David comes to the point and he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. See, something I think we miss when we teach this psalm is, because of what took place in David's life, God turned him around and he began to teach others. See, if you're just saved just for yourself, it's not enough. You've got to be saved to set other people free. You've got to be able to tell your story. You've got to be able to tell them your testimony. God saved me from this, and if he saved me, he can save you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? He saved you from something. Are you turning that around and stealing what the devil has taken? Are you getting it back for, for the kingdom of God? Because that's your, that's your right. That's your privilege. That's your testimony. And nobody can take that away from you. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Listen, if there's anything key about this whole message today, is it's that. We have to know that we walk in the newness of life. It's called a steadfast, firmly established spirit. And I want to tell you this, and I've told you this, and I will keep telling you this. It only happens when you commit to a daily walk with Jesus. I didn't say a weekly walk. I didn't say a Sunday 10 to 12 walk. I didn't say a Wednesday night walk or a deliverance night walk. I'm talking about a 24-7 walk with Jesus Christ. You think you can walk it out once in a while and you'll be okay and you'll continue to walk in that newness of life? That's a lie from the pit of hell. You've got to be willing to say, today is the Lord's day. I walk today with Jesus. And tomorrow when you wake up, today is the Lord's day. I will walk with Jesus. Listen, they used to celebrate. They used to say, well, keep the Sabbath holy. I'm telling you, every day we need to keep holy. Every day is God's day. Well, how much do I give him? How much, how much money? Everything that you have is God's. Quit thinking that you own anything. Every, the breath that you have in your lungs came from God. So begin to thank Him for your breath, for your job. No, it's not your job. It's God's job that He gave you. We've got to start thinking mindset of the kingdom. That's when we'll walk in renewal. And when you do mess up, let me give you one more scripture. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
Because I'm going to tell you, not everybody in here is going to walk in a renewed life every day, every 24-7, every day. Matter of fact, probably none of you will. None of us will. And that's why we need his mercies. But I'm telling you, the more and more you make it a habit to walk with Jesus on a daily basis, wake up with him. Set your foot on, that, on, on the floor and say, thank you, Jesus, that I can get up today. If you can get up. If you can't get up, say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm breathing today. But start your day by thanking him, recognizing who he is. And say, Lord, today I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All that old stuff, it's passed away. All my sins, they're not there. They've been adjudicated. <laughs> I am a new creation in Christ today. Your mercies are new today. Would you stand? We have our ministry team come to the front. I've always said this. I am so glad God's a God of do-overs. You ever take a test and fail it and your teacher said, I want to give you a do-over? You want to come and kiss the teacher? Can't do that anymore. But do-overs, really? Yeah, God is a God of do-overs. He's a God of second and third and fourth and fifth and however many chances. But you know... Let's don't be settled. Let's don't settle for that. Let's don't settle for I'm gonna screw up, I'm gonna screw up and I'm gonna screw up tomorrow and I'm so glad God's mercies are new every day. Let's don't have that mindset. Because that mindset will get you that'll get you walking in defeat most of your life. Let's wake up, let's, let's have the mindset, let's have the transformed mind, the renewed mind that I am a new creation in Christ and God's got something important for me to do today in the kingdom. And I want to stay as close to him as possible. Would you bow your heads and pray as we pray?